0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And, Ian, nobody has more all-stars than the Red Sox headed to San Diego. Um... A lot of them starting. I mean, it's pretty cool. Six All-Stars, four of them starters. Third time ever that the Red Sox have four starters in the All-Star game. The last time back in 2005. So your All-Stars are Xander Bogarts, David Ortiz, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Mookie Betts. Those are the starters. And then a couple of arms. Stephen Wright. That's a feel-good story. The knuckleballer, obviously. And then Craig Kimbrell, who... Maybe a guy who's going to get a little slack for being an all-star this year just because when you look at the numbers. But he was the manager's selection, Ned Yost going with Craig Kimbrell um, and trying to go with a real power bullpen at the end of that game. So we'll see how that goes as far as fan reaction to Kimbrell. But overall, six all-stars, the chance for a seventh with Dustin Pedroia in the final vote. This is a pretty cool summer, pretty cool year for the Red Sox as far as San Diego.
1: Yeah, it's a lot more fun than last year, you know, when they only had uh really Brock Holtz who wasn't even a starting player for the team. <laughs> you know, it was their only all star as a utility player. So this is uh, you know, a lot prouder moment for the organization. A sign that, you know, even though there are some problems, nothing's perfect right now, but uh you yeah, know, if you look at the big picture things are a heck of a lot better right now than they were at this time last year.
0: Uh, and then I mentioned Pedroya in the final vote, and, and the final vote something that, that we've had around for a while now, and it gives a chance for fans to, to vote one more time, to get a player, a fringe player that's on the bubble as far as the All-Star game goes, to get in. And if you want to vote for Dustin Pedroya it's hashtag vote PD, and that's PD the way you expect for Pedroya So it's V-O-T-E-P-E-D-E-Y, vote PD, to get him into the All-Star game. And I would think... That he's got a pretty good chance because Red Sox Nation tends to vote pretty good in these.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you've seen cases of before where, you know, Johnny Damon on the first ever final vote, uh, that was how he got to the All Star game. And then Jason Bear took the next year. And even Hideki Okajima had two countries voting for him in uh, 2007 to, to make it as the uh, the final vote guy. So, yeah, I'm sure Dustin Pedroia has always been a popular player. And I'm sure that, you know, a lot of people will be breaking out the vote for him. Uh, and It'll be interesting to see how that whole thing transpires. A lot of guys in the Red Sox clubhouse feel that Pedroia has had on um, an all-star season, and he's been a little overlooked by, you know, both some of the younger guys and the older guy and David Ortiz.
0: I think it's kind of hurt, yeah, hurt him that there's so many other guys for sure, but he still has a chance to get there. As for Kimbrell, um, not good timing on Tuesday, Ian. Four earned runs to bump his ERA up to 3.66 on the season in yet another non-save situation. We've talked about this before and how it's it doesn't really make sense with Kimbrell, Yet it it keeps happening.
1: Yeah, you know I don't really know what to make of it because you know I can see in the case. I remember Jonathan Papelbon was a a case where if he would come into a game, you know where they were they were ahead nine to four or they were down nine to four, he would really um, lose concentration in those instances and not pitch very well. But some of these games, timbrel has been involved in. I mean, yesterday's a one-run game when he comes in. He's had a lot of problems in tie games. I mean, if he can come in with the pressure of a one-run lead and, you know, do well in that, I don't think it you can't say, oh, it's uh, just because there's no pressure on him. There's still pressure on him. There's still adrenaline. And he's just not getting it done. And the thing that continues to kill Craig Timbrell this year, the thing that he's got to fix, he's got to stop walking the leadoff guy.
0: Yeah, and his first batter, it almost relates to to the starting rotation and, and the first innings they've had. It's just been bad beginnings for the pitching overall. Uh, so back to the All-Star game a little bit. Bogarts, Bradley, Betts, obviously the, the killer bees, so to speak. They're going to be in a lot of these, I think, over the next 10 years or so. But this is it for David Ortiz, obviously his last All-Star game. Do you expect uh, – we've seen this in All-Star games in the past when it's a guy's final season – a little extra special. Do you expect that around Ortiz a little bit in San Diego?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, whether or not they do a ceremony like during the game, like they did for uh, you know Derek Keeter or Mariano Rivera, I don't know quite if it's going to get to that extent, but there's going to be a lot of focus on it. Like this guy has been a uh, face of the Red Sox, a face of baseball really for the last uh, 12 or 13 years and definitely one of the fun-loving guys in the game and a guy who loves being an ambassador for the game, so I think uh, you know he'll get the the attention that he deserves out in San Diego.
0: And you know he'll be there at the home run derby. He doesn't partake in it anymore, but he's always there uh, with the Gatorade, with the towel, uh, the the head cheerleader basically for for the home run derby and the American League squad. That's always fun, and and I think he's kind of added something to the Home Run Derby with his presence over the years, even when he hasn't been in it, because he just adds that fun and and a, a little extra level to it.
1: Yeah, he's got a personality that's unlike anybody else in baseball, really. And, you know, you'll definitely see that. I agree. you see that Monday night at the Home Run Derby. I think a lot of fans would love to see him uh, swing to the fences and be out there one more time in the derby, but he just doesn't want to do that. And he's actually managing his, his – His uh, sore feet for quite a few weeks now, so he wants to stay off his feet as much as possible, so you you won't see him in that home run derby.
0: Yeah, keep the feet up and just get out there and cheer on everybody else. Well, we mentioned last year there was just one all-star for the Red Sox, and that was Brock Holt uh, in Cincinnati, and he's back with the team finally after – uh, more than a month, really more than six weeks after the concussion, uh, he finally makes his way back, and he made his way back in a big way. And since coming back, he's kind of been a spark plug for this team again. And and he's a guy that early in the season before going on the DL, he's kind of up and down, but he's looked real good since coming back.
1: Yeah, you know, I think when Brock Holt came back, you remembered some of the things you were missing about him. Where his, uh, you know, the things he does for you, they don't really translate on the stat sheet always. But, you know, he'll make a great play in the outfield. He'll get you a key hit when you need to. He just has a knack. He's what you call uh, definitely a winning player. He just has that uh, that habit for, for getting things done when you really need to to, to make a, a winning play.
0: And he obviously adds some, some depth to that, that team as a whole and the roster and so many places that he can play. It makes it a lot easier, I think, to be a manager for John Farrell when you have Brock Holt around to plug in pretty much anywhere. Um, speaking of guys that have been playing great lately, Sandy Leone continues to just hit the ball behind the plate. Uh, And with Ryan Hannigan coming back, as you predicted last week on this podcast, Ian, it's Christian Vasquez that heads down to the minor leagues. He gets optioned uh, to work on the bat a little bit because he had been struggling. But can't say enough about Sandy Leone, right?
1: No, you really can't. I mean, who would have thought with this guy? You know, the first couple of games when he had uh, two or three hits, you're like, wow, that was pretty funny. Uh, That's not going to happen again. And then, uh, you know, he kept doing it. Um, the guy has come a long way. a lot more relaxed to play. He finally has some confidence, and uh, you know he's put in a lot of hard work over the years. So it's kind of cool to see that start to pay off for him. And he's you know proving that he belongs as a as at least a backup catcher in the major leagues. We've we never had any questions about him defensively. He's very uh, you know he's very good. Very good technique back there behind the plate, and now he's we're finding out he can hit a little too.
0: Yeah, an abundance of catching for the Red Sox. It's obviously a good position to be in, but they got the two veterans, and then Vasquez, obviously, and, and, and Swihart, although Swihart banged up. But you can never have too much catching, and they are in a good situation as far as depth goes there. Um, the struggles with this team continue to be the pitching staff, whether it be the bullpen or the rotation, um, other than Stephen Wright. Uh, and, and Porcellos pitched pretty well, too, and 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 another good start for, for David Price. So I don't want to kill them all, Ian, but... But they make a move in Brian Bannister being added to the coaching staff. Uh, He was added in September as Director of Pitching Analysis. So you get that word analysis in there. Uh, He's kind of that numbers guy. What can he add to this rotation and staff as a whole on a day-to-day basis being around the team?
1: Yeah, you know, he is very good at the analytics side of the game, the numbers. but he also, I think, very good at studying video and, and that type of thing and breaking down mechanics, and I think that, I can't hurt enough for Carl Willis to have a fresh set of eyes uh, helping him on a daily basis. And, you know, you wonder, you know, are they setting Bannister up to be Willis' successor? If this pitching staff doesn't turn it around, uh, we'll have to see in the next few weeks here. But, yeah, this, this pitching staff has got to tighten up and be better. Just every night it seems like they're, you know, it's bizarre. They're down 2 or 3 no- two or three nothing before they take a swing in a lot of these games. And, you know, they've got to stop doing that. And They've got to find a way to stop doing that soon before it's too late.
0: We see more and more teams go with two hitting coaches. They have the hitting coach and then an assistant hitting coach, or, or I think some teams even have the co-hitting coaches. Is this a new step for baseball to have multiple pitching coaches as well?
1: Yeah, I mean this is something we could see. This could be a trend right here. And uh, yeah, I wonder why the Red Sox didn't just, uh, you know, maybe see if there was some way that could finagle banister into the uh, dugout for the games too. He's going to be with the team before the games, but uh, you know he can't sit on the bench. But yeah, you wonder if uh, you know maybe uh, Dave Dombreski was saying yesterday some of these teams they use their bullpen coach as sort of a uh, assistant pitching coach, but Daniel Evangie has a lot of other things to do he also uh, he works very closely with the catchers, so he doesn't really have uh, you know it's not a fit there for the Red Sox bullpen coach. But yeah, it's definitely something to look at going forward.
0: All right, well, it's going to be an All-Star-filled, uh, uh, Red Sox-filled All-Star breakout in San Diego. It'll be great to see. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week.